0: Welcome to another episode of Become the Greatest Version of Yourself. Today's guest is a certified kinesiologist, hypnotherapist and a yoga teacher. She loves to support people and to make them happy. She has her own podcast where she speaks to experts about self-care, inner peace and different kind of therapies. In her free time, she likes to travel and explore new territories. She recently went to Mexico on an ayahuasca retreat, something we will dive into later in this episode. Welcome, Rogel Popees. I'm really happy to have you on the show today.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me here. It was amazing to hear my own intro that I'm not used to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, it's also sometimes nice to hear something about yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, um, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about you. Um, You are a kinesiologist and maybe you could explain um, how you found um, your way to kinesiology. Oh, wow.
1: So, I mean, as you heard, I'm doing a lot of stuff and um, (laughs) I've done even more in my life. And (laughs) I think my journey kind of started when I was about maybe... I don't know 18 years old after my apprenticeship being in an office being corporate and thinking oh I could never do this in my whole life and I thought I have to study economy because this is what I have done before and I'm on the path for that so what am I going to do else in my life and then I suddenly experienced that I can do more and yeah there is um, so much more that I've done so I've was a makeup artist I was um, doing an education in bartending and then I went to HR and all of these things that actually led to my own self-development and at some point I was always like you know what I actually want to help people and um, I want to be on one-to-one to people and suddenly I was having sleeping disorders and yeah the journey of few diseases and uh, then my cousin forced me to actually see a kinesiologist and she had to force me for a a long time for about two weeks she was like daily you need to see someone and I was like what am I going to do there and suddenly I went into this kinesiology um, session and As we say, I was just lucky to have this woman who actually showed me this amazing technique how to get or dive into your subconscious mind. And I was so fascinated that at the beginning, I didn't know that I will actually be doing that. But I was just I I thought, oh, my God, what actually is this kind of tool to get so deep with people? And which led to the way of being like, okay, I think I need to know more about this. And then did the whole education when I was around 24. I think I was 24. And then, yeah, two years ago, I got self-employed. So now living the life as a therapist, that's how it kind of went.
0: And you seem to like it. (laughs) I
1: love it. I absolutely love it. And I think I was also... I mean, I was kind of living in an illusion because I thought that um I always thought, okay, I'm going to be a therapist and that's going to be the rest for the rest thing in my life. And then I was working one on one. And after a few months, I thought, what did I do? This is actually too much routine for myself. And then I started, okay, what can I do in my own business to actually develop not only this one to one, but maybe even bring it further. And then podcast idea came so yeah that's why I really want to have uh, then I really started want to having my own podcast which is the sharing is caring podcast about sharing is caring and um, yeah sharing people um, stories or techniques or everything that is actually a challenge in our life that we can have a better life and be the best of ourselves
0: (laughs) exactly exactly that's why i have you on the show because i knew that you have some life hacks for us (laughs) so um but i mean still if people don't know what kinesiology is all about i mean when should they come and see you and what where where is it most where is it most applicable um
1: so kinesiology i didn't know what I mean, I remember when I was twenty and somebody said kinesiology. I was like, "What the hell? What is that?" And does it come from China? Yeah, exactly. Does it come from China? No, it's not coming from China. And um, I actually heard it when I was was sixteen. I had heard it then for the first time what actually kinesiology was, and it's actually hard to explain because it's actually an experience that you have to make. It's so difficult to actually tell people what is happening in their body because it's an experience. And so, um, it is applicable for actually everything because it's just a tool to get to your subconscious mind. Which means, normally we see um, um, just a problem, which can be nail biting, it can be sleeping disorders, it can be digestion problems, it can be um, a a depression, it can be um, what else? It can be stress. It can be um, headaches. So a lot of those, um, yeah, problems
0: psychosomatic disorders, yeah,
1: not necessarily only, but yeah, Uh, I mean, it can be body wise as well. Um, they have an origin when it's not coming from an accident or actually something that happened physically. They actually have an origin, and kinesiology, with it, which is a muscle test, gives you the opportunity to actually get into the deeper meaning of what or how this disease or how this problem actually occurred in its origin and so um, muscle testing comes kinesiology actually comes from kinetics so <laughs> it is has actually its origin in the 60s where uh, a psychologist and a chiropractic they were a couple and they said there must be a tool that we can do together so with psych um, with with um, psychological, uh, questions and using the body they were actually to find out or or to invent this tool muscle testing so while you ask a question we can say yes or no and there's actually you can use every muscle you can actually use in kinesiology we have we use 42 muscles but actually there's only one we use in the end but you can use 42 like sometimes you have a, a client that has one arm or maybe on one arm it, he has pain so you can use the other one and then if he doesn't feel comfortable with that one you can use his leg so you have different kind of opportunities to use this muscle testing and different kind of uh, muscles and so they invented this muscle testing by asking questions and if you think about something that makes you like really happy we can even do it with our listeners so you can hold your arm up um, let's say your left wrist and then you can press with your right uh, hand, you can press your wrist down. So once you say or think about something that makes you really happy, let's say I'm thinking about the beach, a white sand beach, that makes me really happy when I think about my we're getting to it, to my Mexico trip, I'm having that my muscle is strong when I try to press with my left hand, and my muscle is strong, and when I think about something that makes me sad, what makes me sad, oh, everybody is like now going crazy about viruses, which is which makes people sad, right? Then my my arm will go down. So this is just a testing of a variety that I use with people in in, in my practice. And um it's actually really cool because then you can ask further questions like um think about this question so there are yes and no questions and there are stress questions think about this it is a stress question so we get to um, these different questions um that actually our body will respond and not our mind and that's kind of like the cool thing about kinesiology because our body responds and not our mind uh, which is pretty fascinating because the most Rational people come to my practice, and they're like, "How does this work? How does my body respond to this, and can I actually manipulate it?" And so that's how the body responds. And you cannot—I mean, you can control it if you want to, but it's not yeah, your intention to do that. So that's the fascinating part about the kinesiology te- muscle testing that um, gives you a tool to actually get into your subconscious mind of how your body is reacting to what you're getting asked of
0: okay <laughs> and um, hypnotherapy is also working with the subconscious I also exactly. use hypnotherapy mm-hmm. um, um, where or where is the difference there or how do you when do you choose which which one
1: mm-hmm. I actually always use the combination of both okay because I figured that hypnotherapy is like a story it's you you get people into a relaxation and then you go through a story with them and it's like a story from A to Z. And to me, that is a great way to do hypnotherapy. But for me, I figured out that I can use kinesiology and hypnotherapy in combination the best way because with hypnotherapy, uh, with kinesiology, I can actually go and test what is actually important in the story. And if we need to go deeper into limiting belief patterns or into sentences or actually like know what is actually the The part of it, so it gives me more like a puzzle of completion that is really important of the puzzle pieces, Mm. and not only the whole picture of going through the story. Okay, and
0: um, is it enough if if I come and see you once, or is it sometimes necessary? Can be be, depending on the on the issue.
1: Like I used to offer packages Mm -hmm. um, to people, and then I realized it's better if you just go one to one because. You just don't know how much of the dirt you get out of the cave by one time or maybe two times or maybe you have a breakthrough at the third time. But normally I just do one session and then I say, let's continue with the second session to at least see how it has changed or what hasn't changed yet. And then we take it from there.
0: Okay. Interesting. And um, you also have men and women.
1: I have kids, I have men, I have women, I have everything. Okay. Because so according to marketing, everybody told me, yeah, you have to specialize to one thing and you need to have your niche and blah, blah, blah. But then I told myself, well, in the end, if it's nail biting, or if it's muscle tension, it just has to do with emotions, it, your subconscious mind has to do with emotions. And then for me, there's no categorizing of um what it is. I mean, I figured out I am not really the therapist that does not uh, stop to smoke or like the pain kind of therapist because I just didn't experience both of it in my life and like I know there are people who are experts in those kind of niches so once they call me because of that I'm like well I can help you but I think there would be even other people that can help you better. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think the the own experience and, and, and everything that you've experienced in your whole life and maybe things, even disorders that you had um, is a great help to understand people better. I mean, you can do everything, but then, of course, um, if, you know, if you wanted to stop smoking once and you did it with a certain therapy, then you're probably much more an expert as if you have never smoked. Mm, exactly, yeah, exactly. I, just,
1: I mean, I can even see it now. I, I mean, my niche of people are, around around, let me say 18 to like 50 and so it's pretty interesting because now I have a lot of people who are actually in the same journey as I used to be of not knowing what they want to do in life, how to be the best version of themselves, what they actually want, living the dream of getting to all of these kind of blockages as well. Who are they actually living or which life are they actually living? Whose life are they still living? Are they living the 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 their the life of the parents or, or are they already living their own life because they
0: actually don't know what their dream is? Yeah, I mean this is I think this is one of the biggest problems nowadays. We have too many options Mm -hmm. and everything is possible and a lot of influence from online and offline and uh, this is also one topic that I have a lot that people are um, yeah, sometimes also like mid-40s where they say well has this been all now Um, or is there anything else that Mm is much more meaningful maybe Mm -hmm. Um, and then stepping out of the comfort zone is not always easy Mm -hmm. uh, especially in Switzerland where I always have to say that we are um, in our golden cage and uh, it's not so easy to for many people to just uh, say let's just do something different and maybe earn less or um, yeah have like a different life um, and that's why people don't like to take risks so much And uh, but I still feel that there are so many people that are not really happy in their life mm-hmm. I mean sometimes personal issues but also job issues And that's why um, I also have a lot of people come to see me that uh, really um, are looking for their purpose in life. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is also like the topic of my whole podcast of my my slogan, become the greatest version of yourself in whatever you do every day in you. And I mean, uh, you have your own experience. Um, Do you have any tips or any um, recommendations for people that are um that f- have this feeling and are not 100% sure where they should start or how they could change something in their life. Oh, I have a great tip
1: for that. <laughs> <laughs> they should just try things out. Like people always think they have to always stick to something once they start something that I mean, people who are like, "Oh, I work in an office job, but actually maybe I want to become a cook." I'm like, "Okay, what uh, what is your plan?" And then they say, "Well, I have to start cooking school and it would cost me thirty thousand whatever and then i say why don't you just start with a sushi course and actually see if it's that so I actually it's, it's the same story that i kind of did i was living in this illusion that um i just want to be a therapist and do one-to-one till i'm 70 years old and then i figured oh my god i could never do this so i just think of starting and actually living your passion or what you maybe want to do is actually just by starting and testing if it is actually made for you and if you actually feel comfortable in this it's the same like people doing a yoga teacher education they're like i want to be a yoga teacher and then i'm like are you sure you want to give classes five times a week do you actually like giving classes do you like prepping classes do you like standing in front of a class So I think we have a lot of illusions going on there of thinking, oh, this is my dream job, but then not actually figuring out what is actually the content of this whole dream job. Exactly, yeah. I mean there's
0: uh, many fancy things out there and to be a yoga teacher seems to be very fancy because we have I don't know how many but very <laughs> a lot a lot and yeah. yeah I mean yoga itself could be an interesting practice and you can also like to do it but then as you said to be a teacher is a, a complete different story um, and yeah but I think we lose a little bit or we d- never had it here the trial and error you know um, we, have to, we have to do something we learn you have to do something you have to become something and then you have to stick to it and you can not just try different things and maybe there is a failure and failure is still not very very good in our society Uh, it's a bit different in the U.S. (laughs) um, and um, that's yeah then then sometimes it makes it of course very difficult yeah
1: yeah it's exactly that what you're mentioning of of actually thinking I always have to go the right path and do the right thing from the beginning Hundred percent hundred percent
0: perfect, then (laughs) then you will never do anything. Exactly. (laughs) And you can never achieve it because hundred percent perfect does not exist. No. A problem of many people: perfectionism. So they don't. They rather don't do it instead of doing it (laughs) eighty (laughs) percent. And then you have to ask yourself: Is the remaining twenty percent make? Does it make it so much better Mm. for all the work that I have to put into it, or am I just just dropping it and say, "Let's do it"? I know. I'm still. I'm another slogan of mine is also just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Nike. Exactly. So yeah, just do it. Trial and experience and explore the world. Um, As I mentioned before, something I'm very interested in to hear. Um, I know that you went to Mexico. I think it was the end of last year. And for on a holiday, but also on an ayahuasca retreat. Um, I'm not sure if everybody knows uh, what ayahuasca is, so maybe I can tell our listeners a little bit more about um, ayahuasca. It's actually a plant-based psychedelic tea. Ayahuasca has been used for a number of centuries by traditional healers as medicine and in religious ceremonies. The scientific evidence on ayahuasca is limited, but it is known to activate repressed memories in ways that allow people to come to a new understanding of their past. In some cases, it helps people work through memories of traumatic events, which is why neuroscientists are beginning to study ayahuasca as treatment for depression and PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. I also hear stories of people suffering from some form of psychological diseases who see psychiatrists for years and nothing helps them. Some of them are cured after taking ayahuasca. In our Western world, um, it becomes more and more popular as many people seek for reconnection to the spirit, the nature, finding out what's their true purpose, what we just discussed. And Ayahuasca might not give you what you want, but it will give you what you need. Exactly. <laughs> it gives you the truth. So, um, looking deep into your patterns and shadow aspects—something that uh, has also to do with your subconscious um, and primal fears—and some of them are built or very early also in, in your in your childhood. Um, and that's what it make, what it makes it, of course, um, very, very honest and uh, pretty uh, much straightforward. I guess. So now having someone <laughs> at the table <laughs> experiencing it on her own uh, of course I would like to know a little bit more about it how it was for you how was the experience and everything around it <laughs> <laughs> oh my God.
1: I don't even know where to
0: start but let me start
1: at the beginning so I heard of ayahuasca maybe <laughs> um 2013 maybe the first time so about 7 years ago and um I was like, "Oh my god, what is this? I want to try this." And ayahuasca is not something that um you just do as a party drug or something that uh, you think, "Oh, I'm I'm into it now." It actually needs the right timing. And since 2013, I already signed up for two times already to try ayahuasca, and it just it was not the right moment, and I just knew it's going to be the right moment whenever I will feel ready. And um Yeah, and then I was thinking going to Mexico. I was uh, thinking I'm going to just be there for six weeks and learn Spanish and do some work because nobody is going to really be in my practice because it was uh, Christmas and New Year. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to be there and do work on my stuff. And at some point I was like, okay, ah, ayahuasca could be close, although it's in the Amazon and not Mexico, so it's not a Mexican thing. Mm. (laughs) And I just, my friend said, how did you find your ayahuasca experience? And I said, Google. And I said, how can you not go on recommendation? I mean, it's something you're not going you're going to be exposed to everything. And I was like, well, I trust Google kind of. And if I find something that looks really appropriate and um, I will feel good about it, then I can still say no, or I can still say yes. So uh, I Googled Tulum, <laughs> Ayahuasca Tulum, and then I signed up. And um, yeah, I was actually scared of kind of like losing control because I never took anything other than smoking weed and drinking alcohol. And I was kind of like scared of maybe having this feeling of, um how do I say, um yeah, losing control and not knowing who I am or where I am or going nuts, going crazy. Um And I heard the stories about you will have to be shitting yourself. You will be vomiting. You will be, I don't know, whatever. And so... I was like, okay, um, that will be interesting because my whole um, feeling of shame will probably even be a topic. Yeah, so I was in Tulum and then I they give you or they sent you kind of like a recommendation of what you should eat, what you shouldn't eat, what you shouldn't drink, like no alcohol, no sex, no um no dairy kind of like 6 like weeks
0: before or something you no no
1: well they they recommended like at least a week before oh, okay, okay. yeah but i mean the longer you do it the more your stomach will will so, but just this get is into true place.
0: no no meat no alcohol no sugar okay. no coffee no sex yeah
1: exactly like just preparing yourself for doing Internal this ritual work. yeah exactly and um yeah, so I started more or less eating vegan, although they said you can still eat fish and bananas and coconut rice and that kind of thing. Um, It's called a, sh- a shibido, shibido um diet, but I was just being vegan for the whole day. And then suddenly this day came and I was uh, in- indeed a little nervous. <laughs> and I think I went to the toilet already three times in the morning so I was like okay I'll be safe for tonight whatever's gonna happen (laughs) and then I got picked up at three o'clock and it was really a quick um, ritual because normally actually when you register a a ritual goes for a whole night or even Mm -hmm. two nights Mm -hmm. and with us it was actually only about five six hours and (laughs) everybody was like after
0: the but there was a group
1: Yeah. Yeah. After the ritual, everybody was like, what? You were only there for five, six hours? What? Actually, you stayed the whole night? And I was like, no, no, it's okay. I was, it was good the way it was. So I got picked up by this shaman called Jesus. And uh, there was an English girl. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Exactly. Um,
1: uh, Jesus. And there was an English girl and an American girl. Um, Yeah, middle-aged. And we were just these three women going out into the jungle, into the forest with a few mats with blankets. And we're just, we got asked, what is your intention? And I didn't really have an intention. Like, I didn't want to know what about love? What about work? I was just like, it's going to give me what I need to know. And um, yeah, then we were lying there. And then he came by with like mini, not shot glasses, but like mini mini coconut bowls like in shot size and we were um well it was a ceremony like with a meditation with thanking ayahuasca thanking uh, thanking uh mother earth for showing up and so after like 20 minutes we already were lying there and he came by and we had to take these shot glasses so everybody got a different kind of amount as well Mm -hmm. um i don't know about the others because at there is at a certain moment you're just like in a tunnel you cannot focus on what you hear or see from others and
0: before you take it already no 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 you no, are like in a tunnel after like take. afterwards ah, yeah okay. and then but uh, but on depending on what uh, the amount where, where who does this he uh, knew you Jesus just knew. knew oh okay, okay. Yeah. Of, of course I mean, Sorry, I'm you're Jesus. like okay well I mean my life is in your you hands for know. the moment okay, so. okay. <laughs> And but you um, don't have an interview or something or you have to fill in uh, like a questionnaire when you uh, register. Yeah, yeah, you do, mm-hmm. you do, mm-hmm. you do. And right? and
1: to me it was interesting because I mean I knew kind of where hypnotherapy can bring you, what can happen with your subconscious and everything. And um yeah, then I was there with my um uh, with myself. <laughs> and I was actually glad because that I did it alone because I think if I would have had my boyfriend or my friend or something then you would have still another attention on you or thinking how is the other person doing so I was really glad of doing this alone and um, yeah so I mean it started like looking through a kaleidoscope kind of like you know things starting to turn and twist and you're like seeing random stuff and but as soon as I always opened up my eyes I was always there like 100%, like I didn't feel of losing control. Mm-hmm. But I, what I have to say is ayahuasca can take you there. So, I mean, depending on how much you get and, yeah, it can and take also you there. And maybe the, the emotional state exactly, that you are in. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so I started looking through a kaleidoscope and then everything randomly came up. Like I'm actually still now, spoiler, getting dreams of, random dreams that I'm still processing and it's now two and a half months ago that I have taken ayahuasca so I think it will remain in your body for a longer time like I always thought it's going to be that ritual like for that time and then um, it's going to be over and your life is going to continue just like that but no spoiler it's going to be it actually is rolling down your life stone and actually life is then getting into a roller coaster so it was lo- like looking through a kaleidoscope. I was seeing um, previous ex-boyfriends. I was seeing my boyfriend. I was seeing um, my childhood. I was seeing my parents. I was seeing um, where I am now. Like a whole lot of stuff. I'm actually still processing a lot of picture nowadays. I still like don't remember everything that I actually saw to that moment. And yeah, at some point you're like, oh my God, I'm actually feeling sick. And I didn't know if it's coming up or down. So I was like just running into the jungle and see wherever it's going to come out. So I was like really detoxing my whole body on a level of, yeah, not knowing where it's going to come out. And at some point while w- while I was vomiting, um, the Jesus came and he was like massaging me in every part of my body, but like not a nice massage. It was like pretty harsh one. And he was like, you need to release these, this energy because once you vomit, you're actually so tense. Like, mm-hmm. your body is really tense. And then I was lying there and, like, my body started shaking for 45 minutes. That was actually already towards the end. But, like, after I was, like... Um, yeah, going to the toilet already twice. I was like, "Okay, I'm fine now. I'm good. I'm 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 done." Can we go home now? And he's like, "Yeah, the others are still in the process." And once I started vomiting, I was like, "Okay, I'm actually still in the process." So, yeah, it was like, you know, seeing visions of your life, um detoxing, like really everything came out of every body part of my body. So, it was pretty releasing and, um, but also intense, huh? I mean, for me, it was okay because I knew that it's going to happen or mm-hmm. could happen. Mm-hmm. And everybody I tell this experience, I'm like, oh, ayahuasca was amazing. They're like, you know, your sort of story does not sound so amazing. And to me, I was like waiting to, for something bad to happen actually, but nothing bad happened because I kind of knew, okay, my this is what my subconscious mind can handle. And I didn't feel fear because I knew it's going to be over at some point. But for me personally, I mean, I know I did this experience as a therapist and knowing what can happen. But I think for people that are not so stable yet in their life, I don't really recommend it because it can give you something that you need that you're not really ready that you Mm. need. So
0: but you also would need somebody that supports exactly, you. Exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah. So I think the support of, you know, you feeling safe. I always felt safe actually like Jesus came by every 20 minutes and like how are you feeling? How is your stomach? Can I do anything for you? Do you need water? Do you So it was like pretty a solid yeah. But I mean then I mean feeling of shame, I mean you were just I was just there in the jungle in the middle of nowhere pooping myself and vomiting and you're like okay there is nothing worse that could happen <laughs> somehow so I'm always laughing about that part <laughs> Um yeah so actually then and what what was actually afterwards was so we were in the jungle and I started seeing these you know these these lightning insects mm-hmm, and I was mm-hmm. seeing stuff in the palm trees like seeing elephants and all kind of weird stuff. later on yeah mm-hmm. And that's when I knew, like, okay, I'm probably, like, on a drug, but I didn't feel, like, on a drug. Mm-hmm. Like, the entire time, I didn't really feel on a drug. Um, so, that was that was actually pretty cool. And then, um, yeah, since, um, and then, no, and, and then we left, like, four hours later about. So, everybody was in the process. We ended this ritual with also being thankful and... What this experience was, but actually we weren't able really to talk yet because everybody was just in their old kind of world, and then I went back um to to take a shower and go to sleep and then actually, yeah, what I'm saying, the process started like about two weeks no yeah not even two weeks later, like after five days, what happened to me was like um I was looking my at my plan of my twenty twenty planning and um like a week before ayahuasca, I had like, oh, I'm gonna do this plan and I will do this and that for my life and da da da. And then after ayahuasca, I was looking at my whole plan. I was like, this is not working anymore. And I get or I got. I'm still there, like in this space of emptiness. Of, you know, my friends are like, how? Have, how? What did ayahuasca do for do with you? Did it just take you kind of like at, at from the gas pedal of like releasing a little bit of, um. Of, of of energy of power yes. of to move on mm-hmm. and then I said you know what really you're asking me that it's like taking me away from the gas pedal out of the car out of the planet and being in the universe with fucking nothing and being just in this empty space and what my mind always wants to do is wants to cling on to things that are like oh I can do this project oh I can meet up with this person and something in, in my subconscious mind just being like no. We're just Stop the grinding. This, yeah, that everything. It's just slowed me down or took me to like nothing. And And it's still
0: now. And it is still there, okay. right?
1: And so also I can get, bring another metaphor is that um so before I was feeling like standing on a slope um of being on my skis and then thinking, Oh, there is a way, there is a way, there's a way and in the end there will be there will be a goal or or, or an end. Um like dead or something and um ayahuasca just like said oh let's take you to the forest on the right and let's go in this forest and stand in the forest and i'm not knowing if i'm on the top or at the bottom or (laughs) actually knowing which direction to go so kind of like i'm still having that feeling which makes me um yeah pretty much of slowing down everything in my life and processing it everything on a different kind of way and starting from scratch of being in my life okay and how does it feel if actually it feels terrific to one kind of aspect and the other aspect is just you're you feel lost because you're not used to this kind of condition mm-hmm. so i mean so if i'm since i'm self-employed since two years i've always been running and kind of like getting my business to work and everything and now you're just like okay there's just an empty space and I'm just in this empty space and I need to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So it's about accepting this way that it is and just being in this zone of just trusting that everything can come whatever.
0: Trust the universe. Yeah. Okay. So So it's it's about trusting
1: of being a greatest version in yourself that this is actually going to be the point that you're becoming of releasing everything that you were doing before of patterns or of Destructive memories, or even um, uh, st- or 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 the structure that you had before. It's like releasing and everything of that, and just being in this empty, in this emptiness that so has a lot of potential. It is magic. like a blank. Yeah. Okay. It's like it's so. Like if you were really in a good metaphor. meditation. Yeah. No. It's like it, I always say. Like um it's like I painted my graffiti. On a wall, and now I'm just painting a white wall in front of it. I'm standing in front of this white wall, and I don't know where I am.
0: Okay, you don't <laughs> know where you are, and it, you don't know where to go. Exactly. Okay, interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. But then suddenly, what was interesting as well? So for my business, I was like, you know, planning a lot of stuff, but I didn't actually know where to start or or I was at four projects at the same time. So um, what actually happened was that I met with girlfriends of mine, and they were like so what is your topic today? And then I said, well, I don't have a topic because I'm just in this bloody emptiness. <laughs> and um they were like, uh, so what are your what are your plans? And I said I don't have a plan, but I have this and that and then that, that. And then they said, but actually, oh got it figured out for the next two or three years. And once then I made a plan. I thought I, I do actually now have a plan that was not clear to me before. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is, this emptiness is really good to actually step back of everything and actually have a bird view of mm-hmm. what there actually mm-hmm. is and what there's not, or mm-hmm. what you actually need, or if you're like, is this really fitting for me? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what if what it has done to me. But I, I, mean, in the end, I cannot really only say if it's ayahuasca because what I got into uh, as well in December was astrology. So that was really interesting. Of like that whole part, what is transforming astrology wise in my birth chart. Um. So I can, I, I think it's always a combination of everything. But mm-hmm. all I can say is that ayahuasca has, um, yeah, changed a lot for me body wise because I also cannot eat any meat anymore like oh, really? before I was a more or less a little bit of a flexitarian and I would like I would eat vegetarian vegan but when I would feel like of eating meat then I would do it Um but now I'm like it's just it it's it's like in my body system, there's a no-go. Even though I go to a restaurant, I'm like, oh, I actually feel for that. Or I would actually go for something that I would usually take. Then suddenly something different comes out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, did I just say that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but it's only with meat. The rest is okay. Alcohol, sugar, Yeah, coffee. no
1: alcohol. I mean, I can now drink one glass of wine and then I'm, I mean, I can feel it t- tremendously on... The next day, yeah, oh, it's a
0: big difference than yeah, before. This is, a, it is okay. a huge
1: difference. Like, I cannot take anything anymore as much,
0: yeah. Okay, and, th- and this is will remain like this, or what do they say?
1: Well, they kind of say for the beginning, it's just like a whole body reset, and okay. then you can get to normal if you want of to, but course, it's yeah. just like it's just like resetting everything of your of your whole system, okay? Yeah, so Back I feel reset it, yeah, <laughs> reset it mentally and physically, okay
0: but right after the experience then you felt more exhausted I can imagine no I no? actually didn't like I, I thought
1: oh my god my so my body went so much through mm-hmm. went through so so much but then I thought it, I, oh my god it's going to be exhausting but I actually feel so much energy as ever okay it's it feels like I've detoxed from everything that was negative in my body and now I don't like since, since I'm back and since I had this ayahuasca experience I haven't taken took any um, supplements
0: anymore or any like not nothing okay
1: no vitamin D no B complex no magnesium
0: no nothing and no iron you, and have you tested it already if it's everything's fine no the levels are okay no, no. so but you feel okay yeah. you feel good okay yeah and um I've heard also from other people that uh, went on an, an ayahuasca experience then they had like they did they took it on one day and then they had one day in between and it had another mm-hmm. one and another one like three different and then also three three different doses and who does decide um which what 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 you're taking is this the, the shaman yeah or you
1: will have to trust in the shaman okay <laughs>
0: um
1: yeah, I didn't actually know how this is with the ceremonies and I didn't know if I want to do more. So I think an average kind of thing is um, you only take it once or you actually take it three times, like in a row. Mm -hmm. So what they say is it can be that your first time is like this kind of body detoxing that I experienced. So people vomiting their guts out. And then the second um, um, experience is kind of like that you go more into your past and your deep, deep, deep shadows and the third experience, um, is like that you're going into your higher self of transcending what you actually should be doing or, okay. or what your purpose is in life. So, um, yeah, everybody was like, are you going to do it again? And I said, well, I think I will, but maybe not today and tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> but I can imagine of going through this experience again, but I would also be like I would not recommend it to everyone of yeah you know it's not for everyone it's it's really um yeah I mean it sounds like for everyone and everybody should do this but once you're not stable or not feeling really secure of you know your own fears and everything then no yeah yeah for sure I mean and it needs it needs like for me it was fine because for me it was like as I said like a beautiful experience like nothing for me like necessarily bad happened or um I kind of knew what can happen. Um, but I think for a lot of people there should be an after um, support, support from from therapists or coaches or and whatever. Th-
0: that's not usually not the case. I
1: that's not know. the case, yeah. You're that's what I think is yeah. like not so good uh, communicated of. Yeah, that you need support afterwards.
0: I just saw the uh, documentary on Goop Lab. Mm -hmm. And there was also, I think they were in Hawaii somewhere. And there, of course, it looked a bit different because there were like three or four people looking Mm -hmm. after the ones that took it and were really taking care of them. Exactly. but I don't know I mean I've think i also like um, the guy the the podcast London Real mm-hmm. the guy did it as well and there it was really whoa spooky yeah. <laughs> also with this shaman that had like just one eye and it was like everything so dark and it was really His like was a, scary yeah yeah, a little bit scary yeah, there are
1: terrible stories about it
0: yeah that's why I mean and that's why I'm also a bit surprised that you just googled and said let's do it <laughs> yeah. because I also I already googled it and then was like looking at different Places and really reading, you know, what is it all mm-hmm. about and who is behind it, yeah. and yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I know. But I mean, in in general, do you do it in South America? And yeah, it's a
1: Peruvian thing. It's, yeah, it's yeah. an Amazonian thing. Mm-hmm. So it's more like the Peruvian shamans. They they mm-hmm. do these ceremonies.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I th- and then, but there are also other countries, like for example. Yeah, Mexico I mean, they even
1: it do, it do it now here in Switzerland I've and everywhere. I mean, it's it's a, become a huge hype. It is, and I mean. I met so many Americans in Mexico, and I said, "Oh, I'm going to do ayahuasca," and like all of them knew what ayahuasca is. I was actually surprised. Yeah, yeah. And uh, here's still not the case. I just. I mean, yeah, here it's it's becoming more and more popular because I think everybody is is getting into this self-development and and what can I do for myself to um, to get to my to solve triggers in my exactly. daily life. So I think people are getting more and more open or aware or interested of trying all of these things
0: yeah and then for some of them might it might look like a quick fix you know f- yeah. five to six hours uh, detoxing no, everything f- out
1: <laughs> no but what <laughs> but i'm saying probably is not so yeah. easy no i mean i i honestly thought well it's just going to be this one ceremony but actually what is still now happening in my life is is, is this pure blankness and um yeah this this transition of what do I really want? So it actually did a lot to me of not only detoxing my body, it's a, it's a whole process. Yeah, of, for sure. I think, I think it will take a few, another few months for sure to, like, get... Because it's, it did something to you of solving something, and that's why a reset will never be the same as it was before, right? Because... Yeah, it could, it, it's not possible.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you were a therapist and you know a bit more about subconscious and how things g- happen and mm-hmm. what what is happening in your body or in your mind. Uh, and then your experience wasn't in a, a total bad experience where you were in a horror movie. Um, but then I also read many people that like were like in a really, really, really scary environment mm-hmm. where they saw really bad pictures about... Mm-hmm dead people and mm. war and anything you can imagine yeah. really really bad and i think this is tough then yeah. f- to digest afterwards i it probably takes long and you never know what is going to happen yeah
1: you just you just never know what you're going to get right yeah.
0: i mean you get what you need yeah, but it can yeah. be tough <laughs>
1: it can be it can be pretty tough and what i have to say is so i've exchanged with other people who did ayahuasca as well and they um, did this experience with about 60 people in one group and like maybe three or four supporters and I was really glad that it was like only three people and they only took max six or seven people for one person to handle so and one support
0: Jesus yeah Mm, exactly but is okay exactly Mm. so
1: um, I was actually glad that it was not in a huge group of people and you you know you're kind of you are kind of exposed of Mm -hmm. experiencing Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff yeah
0: yeah, you were exposed to physical you, stuff yeah maybe you're also not so into seeing others having whatever bad experience like strangers you know mm-hmm. you have enough to do with yourself exactly and then in this big group i can imagine yeah. it's also like whoa uh-huh. yeah a bit too much so yeah, yeah. but they, they're they usually only do it with like five to six people yeah mm,
1: okay in that group they only do it. With okay. That amount.
0: Mm. So you could recommend it. I can. I can <laughs> this I mean, place. I mean, I mean, if somebody of, yeah. really wants to do it, then you could. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And afterwards, you still had a couple of weeks of holidays. Oh yeah. Well, that was actually everything. the the start of it, right? So oh, this was the start. This,
1: yeah. I mean, I arrived there on the 10th, and then I had it on the 21st, and I re, I, re, I I came back. 21st of the, December. Yeah. Okay. And then. So uh, you really had a nice start into yeah, the new year. And then I returned on the 21st of January. And yeah, while these, while of these four weeks, I mean, everything was just crazy. And I mean, I was six, but no, I was three weeks in Mexico and I honestly, I, I wasn't anywhere. Like I was just processing all of this, what actually was happening. So it would have been I- impossible to actually go back to your daily habits mm-hmm. because you're just like in this mode of getting into this blank space and you're first, you're not aware of it. mm have you also tried
0: uh, vipassana? No, I haven't. No? So yeah. you cannot compare. No, I cannot compare. Okay. No. Yeah, I mean it's no. completely different. But yeah, also yeah. there, I know that people get into you know, the space. Yeah. If you come out, and already music is too much, mm-hmm. so it's like.
1: I wanted to try vipassana as well, yeah. like for already two or three times, but then I didn't. So. Yeah. yeah you Maybe. still
0: have time. Still explore. There, exactly. are, there are many interesting things mm-hmm. that could help. I mean, not I mean it's not not nothing new. I mean these, all these things are existing for thousands of years, thousands. but people now find their way back to it because we have lost so much um, the connection Knowledge, to yeah. our, our to ourselves, to nature and sometimes just to have downtime without any noise and any distraction. Um, I think that's why the place in Switzerland is always fully booked. Whenever they open a new class, it's booked within mm-hmm. like I don't know 10 minutes. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's true. Yeah,
1: yeah, because the knowledge has always been there and it's nothing new that we're actually um, trying. But people are like getting back to the source of knowing that they have to change it, not somebody else will change it for them.
0: Yeah, that's one thing. And the other thing is that uh, um, with all this distraction, this stress and this pressure that people have, they're really seeking for something that gives them some um, stress relief and and, and uh, support. Mm -hmm. I mean, yoga is already they are now established yes established it's for many it's for everybody it's already super trendy it's a lifestyle meditation becomes more and more a lifestyle even men start to say oh yeah I'm meditating too (laughs) but don't tell anybody (laughs) Um, and, and then I think for many people that are not so much into these esoteric things now that we have um Neuroscientific um, studies and everything is proven, and we can—it's not some some crazy du- uh, Indian dudes that tell us to do something, and then we have to—we see some light. So, but we really know that um, if you look at brain scans, that your brain will uh, have a different structure if you meditate, if you do self hypnosis, and these kind of things. And it is also very healthy to do it. It is the same with. Um, Training your biceps, it's training your brain. Um, then, of course, there are uh, a whole lot more people that say, "Oh, maybe I should try it because I think it's not just um not just a gimmick. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think this helps as well. <laughs> it's true. Uh, before it's true. it was like some yeah yeah all these strange all these weird people, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, vegan yogis yeah. Uh, singing OM. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, there was a huge shift
1: and 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 mindset transition going on of people wanting to get into their own calmness.
0: Yeah. And really find out who you really are. Mm-hmm. As you said in the beginning, you, you are not your mother, you are not your boyfriend, you are not your aunt or whatever and people that are expecting some things, uh, certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really need, and we are s- influenced from the very first day that we are born. and now even more with all the social media, internet and things and you have all the possibilities and then it's difficult to really listen to your inner voice because people don't even have the time mm-hmm. to listen to the inner voice. When, mm-hmm. Whenever you queue up, you are on your iPhone, you don't have the downtime that we had before because we, there was nothing to do. So you had to wait in the post office or at the bakery. But now you are already distracted again. To yeah, well, before we had the newspaper, which was okay, kind of similar, but not the same. It is true. Yeah. In yeah. London, when they queue for the bus, they yeah. had the, the newspaper. But in Switzerland, if you go to the bakery, you didn't have the newspaper when yeah, you queue. It's you know? like a little bit more sometimes. And this is uh, what we really are missing, I think true yeah super interesting really great to hear about it um (laughs) i really uh, really something that is on my list as well (laughs) definitely definitely we need to
1: exchange once you did it Uh, yeah (laughs) for sure
0: maybe i have the real bad movies (laughs) yeah um something else that i'm uh, yeah also wanted to ask you um I know that you have a very busy life, and maybe it's a little bit different now because you're now in this on on this <laughs> in this white bubble still and on the in front of the white wall, but still, I mean you have your podcast, you're self employed and there's so many things to do I mean I know what you're talking about, and then um the whole kinesiology and and the whole mental um things are booming, so really almost everybody comes to see um, a therapist or a coach. Um, but then on the other hand, I also know that you need a lot of energy to give to the people, to to listen to people, to speak to people, to support them. Um, what do you do to recharge your batteries hmm. if you don't go uh, to Mexico for six <laughs> weeks? <laughs> um, do you have something on a daily basis? That yeah,
1: you- I, I do have actually something in, my, in mind of, of saying right now. So The interesting part is when I have clients and they leave my practice, people are asking me, well, are you not exhausted? And is your energy not low? What do you actually do of recharging? And I just say, you know what? I actually just trust their process that they can do it on their own and they have their own life. So knowing the difference between them and me and leaving their life by them and not thinking I have to be responsible for their life, it actually gives me a lot of peace for myself of being just in this gut trust of that everybody will manage. Mm -hmm. And I think that is like a a big, a huge um, thing of of life or what I see in my practice is that you have to activate your trust of just believing that there is a plan out there for you, that you are in the right time, in the right spot. And, that you are in the driver's seat, yeah. Even though ayahuasca can take you out to another planet, but <laughs> can you're still in the driver's seat. Can you take? T- can you? It's t- just take
0: taking you in another pl- on
1: another planet in another driver's
0: seat. Yeah. Also, it's uh, yes, also a nice experience, of course. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And yeah, and yeah, it gives you, of course, even more trust and just to let go mm. and just to yeah stop the the grinding and the pushing mm. and just for or for grieving. for a moment mm. just try and. Let's just trust the process. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's it's a lot about the gut trust. It's not only like oh, I'm just trusting my process. It's about believing in your trust a hundred percent. That the, the your trust exists and not that the process trust exists. It's about you trust everything. Yeah,
0: also yourself, yeah. your talents, yeah. yourself and, and the others. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. you start with yourself. Mm-hmm. It's the same with mm-hmm. the love. Yeah, (laughs) And then, yeah, this is something that I think many people are also missing. All right. um, Anything else interesting or any life hacks, any any goals, anything that you would like to share with our listeners? Uh, What am I doing?
1: So what is going to be interesting for me this year is that I will publish a journal by probably around September. Okay. And it's going to be called Therapy and Crime. And I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be amazing. I only... I'm finishing uh the book today, tomorrow. Okay. Um, so there will be a whole, uh, kind of like it feels like actually bringing a baby to life of building mm-hmm. a new baby. Mm-hmm. Um, that will be super cool to actually get into your subconscious mind and work on your problems, but in different personalities as an inspector gangster and victim so
0: so it is uh also like kind of a self-help thing, yeah so it is a lot self, of, yeah okay exactly it's like a self-help sp- journal journal okay. yeah okay and this is like a one shot or you plan to do that like on a regular basis afterwards well it's it's like a book to buy okay. and yeah
1: okay. that's what it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty cool i think it's a pretty amazing um project and i'm looking ah. forward to that for everybody who's curious of what therapy and crime
0: is going to be? <laughs> okay, uh, definitely a tool to become the greatest version of yourself. It's definitely a tool to become very the good. Greatest very good. Version. I'm excited yeah. to see it. Uh, yes, in September yourself, yeah. more or less. Okay, exactly. Interesting. <laughs> cool. Um, and where can uh, my listeners find you online?
1: Oh yeah, so they can list. Uh, they can find me on Instagram, uh, RaquelPuppies. Therapy, or on Facebook the same. Um, and on my website it's
0: rahelpuppies.com and those are my credentials. Okay. (laughs) Then um, thank you very much for being my guest. It was Uh, amazing. It was super interesting to hear uh, the all the story and especially <laughs> the Ayahuasca experience? Um, yeah, it's
1: always hard to I mean, I, this story I already told my friends about 15 times, so it's always like hard, like, oh, what well, this I need to mention, this I need to say, oh, yeah. this happened. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. but I mean, I so think we had got yeah. a nice overview, yeah.
0: so more or less what <laughs> you should expect if you really <laughs> exactly. are, if you dare to do it. <laughs>
1: yeah. I thank you for having me, it was absolutely amazing. You're very welcome, very welcome. Having this interview and You're doing such an amazing job of leading all of this journalism in yourself. Yeah. Of the greatest version of yourself.
0: I try every day, you know. (laughs) I (laughs) know. Practice what you preach. It's what I always say. It's (laughs) true. Well, uh, thanks for listening. And if you have any questions or comments, please send me a message or feedback. And if you would like to support the show, share it and please subscribe. I really appreciate each and every one of you sending you lots of positive energy to support you to become the greatest version of yourself. Stay tuned for more.